Welcome back to the Candlelit Tales podcast where we tell stories from Irish mythology and folklore and chat about them afterwards. In this series, The Thawne Mosaic, we are retelling the Thawne from loads of different perspectives. This series will be the big mosaic, all telling that tale of war and vengeance and fury and sorrow and loss. We're joining this story at the single combats and the perspective of one character from Connacht, who I won't reveal right now. But, but if you're a bit lost, you can go to episode 230 to pick up with the start of the Thorn Mosaic to fill you in. This podcast is brought to you by our sponsors at Patreon. You can join them at patreon.com forward slash candletales or make a one-time donation on the PayPal button on our website, candletales.ie. Like, share, comment, and well, above all, enjoy these tales. Now, sit back, enjoy. We'll tell you a story. I forgive you. That's what I'll say to her when this fight is won and the head of this hound is in my hand. That's what I'll say to Finnever when at long last she and I are wed. As she and I should have been wed long ago. I'll tell her I forgive her and I'll mean it and I won't hold this against her. I know she doesn't like this. seems long ago. Long ago the day I first met her. I asked her to run away with me. I could see that she wanted to. I know that she wanted to. But instead she gave me the ring. The thumb ring her father had given her. And then it was to Olil to ask permission and for all ill to start setting up hoops for me to jump through a bride price beyond any price all the cattle my mother gave me all the red-eared otherworld cows that was the first thing he asked for and all ill Olil is not accustomed to being refused. But I couldn't give him everything. Then I'd have nothing left for us. For Finnever and for me. She's the one who helped me when Olil stole the ring back. Tried to tried to make it seem like I'd lost it. Like I'd been careless. Stole it away, fed it to a salmon. But Finnever helped me. She tended my wounds. She helped me fight against the paste that guarded the rowan tree. But I fought it and I prevailed. I brought them back the magic berries. And I was wounded. And that's all right. To hurt for love. To strive for love, to do great things for love. That's right. As long as at the end of it, I have Finnever and Finnever has me. But everything with her parents, everything is not what they say it is. 
everything is a morass. Everything is leading onto something else. It leads onto something else. And there's conditions and there's, ah, no, well, we didn't say exactly. She told me herself. The first time we met, when she gave me the thumb ring and bound up my wounds, she told me how hard it is to be her mother's daughter. When we spoke of little things and big things and nothing and everything, I remember her words. How everything with Maeve is like a game of Fitchell, where she's thinking seven steps ahead. And you think you've won. And then she'll smile and capture ten pieces in one move. And you'll see that she was laying out that course the whole time. And the way you thought you were going, following your own will, was just backing you into a corner of her design and she trapped you that's Finnever's words not mine that's what she says about her mother everyone knows the Queen of Connacht is a tough woman and everyone knows her daughter is lovely and gentle it's not her fault her mother is offering her hand to anyone who'll kill the Hound of Ulster But he has to be stopped. And I have to be the one to stop him. Because I've won the Finnever's hand in marriage once. By the river when she gave me the ring. And I've won her hand in marriage twice. When I battled a paste and won the Rowan Berries. And I'll win her hand in marriage thrice. When I kill the hound. That is how the story goes. He has to be stopped. He's madness and terror. He killed Maeve's servant. The young girl. The other day when she went down to the river to draw water. She was wearing Maeve's headdress. And I suppose they look like enough from the back but... She was just young and that was cruel. He doesn't seem to care. One charioteer came back saying he'd seen him in the woods. And Cucullin spared him because he doesn't fight charioteers, but two charioteers came back headless the same day. And he killed the Queen's dog. And he killed the Queen's bird. As if he were showing off how easily he could kill the Queen. And then he didn't kill her. He killed her servant. So what's he playing at? Or is this madness? Because it looks like madness. Feels like madness. Feels like chaos and the other world creeping into this one. But he doesn't know that I know the other world. They say he has the blood of the other world in him. Well, I have it too. I have it from my mother. He doesn't know that. And that blood twisted him and stunted him and made him into something wrong. It didn't do that to me. 
made me taller and straighter and fairer and more beautiful. Gave me strength, gave me determination. And he doesn't know this hound. This hound who's fighting at the ford of a river. Rivers are where I do my best work. River is where I killed that paste. The river is where I retrieved that ring from a salmon that Oliel fed it to so treacherously. Because there's a leash on him now. Single combat. Enough of a leash that I can work with it. Fergus went to him. And Fergus offered him agreement after agreement. They offered him a full truce to come over to Queen Maeve's service and leave Ulster behind. And of course he said no to that because he's mad. But single combat, he said yes to. Because a creature like him thinks he can't lose. Even this, it's so slight a leash. And I think he only went for it because it meant he could still fight. Fergus hadn't even come back from making the agreement before he killed Finever's cousin, Ettercomo. Not as part of the single combat right. Just because Ettercomer mouthed off to him. But I'm no braggart. I know my strength. I know my worth and I know my weapons. And I'm no fool to rely on sharpened sticks like Notcran Thail. And I'm no sorcerer. Pulling from a bag of tricks like Callaton and his 27 sons and sisters' sons, making one body out of 28, becoming a giant to strike him down. And I'm not rash like Kerr. I don't underestimate this creature just because he's not old enough to grow a beard on his face. That says nothing. I know his skill is sharp and deadly. I know the things that he can do. I've seen him. And I've studied him. He relies too much on his swiftness. The first killing blow. He's fast so am I and he hasn't fought in the water like I have he's not as fast in the water I'll bet so when I catch him in the water as long as I can evade that first strike then I'll have him I know my strategy I know where he's weak all that speed makes you vulnerable because you don't expect that someone else will have a counter to it, it makes you sloppy because you think you can get your guard back up before someone comes in under it. But I've studied him. 
I know exactly where to strike. And he hasn't studied me. He doesn't know who he's up against. I'm not arrogant about this. I can feel my heart pounding. The way it always does before a fight. It's only a fight. Only a real fight. If you know you're taking your life in your two hands. Fighting to carry it away with you again. That's the real prize. Not cattle. Not even Finever. It's my life for his. And the air tastes clearer and fresher and more beautiful. Because I am going to a fight now. And the sun and the sky overhead. That pale blue of winter. And the sun is so low, shining almost into the eyes. Everything is so beautiful. It's only at times like these you notice. But I know in my heart of hearts this is how the story ends. In times to come storytellers will tell of the mad hound of Ulster and how I Freyach came to the ford and there I faced him and there I won the hand of Finever for the third and final time and we were wed and we lived happily ever after that that story will be on the lips of storytellers until the end of life and time see him He's still in the water. I see him. And I'm going now. I go now. I go now to meet my... Stay low now, she said. Stay quiet. Rustles of grass underfoot. The flap of wings overhead. Just stir your heart. Creeping as we have been for the last few days through an unwatched Ulster. We left the armories behind us, you see, under account of Queen Maeve giving me direct orders, you see. To gather together a few men. She provided some of them and I were to bring a few trusted. And we were to go now, out, to the Coolie Peninsula, to drive off this great big beast, the brown bull of Coolie, but to be doing it without much notice, like. She was all happy and well and fair and good to be driving to Ulster at the start and driving off whatever she wanted, but not now. Not now that Coo has laid low all the heroes she's put up against him. <laughs> she says they've all fallen. The Comel and that grand tail, the great fierce cur even fell down after not facing him, but but she started to descend then more than one man a day. That's when she came to me, you see. 
when Callaghan and the twenty-seven sons and sister sons went against him. He was outnumbered, all right, but he was still fighting. They were all watching the army marching, all right, but that's when she sent us to go quiet, low, slow, the long way around, to go creeping along, so she could break her word to go calling the word she'd made to bargain him to not slaughter the army from the sidelines to single combat only to agree and well Queen Maeve can twist and turn many a word she's made me a fool now to go off get this bull for her keep an eye out for that hound of Cullen any moment any movement I think might be him in the shadows we're not lighting fires we're not cooking we're not even hunting our rations are running thin and low, we're barely able to keep our hands warm, but we'll keep going. Only a couple more days now, we'll be with the brown bull of Cooley. <laughs>